Welcome to Financial Planning Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner and founder of Menninger & Associates Financial Planning. Uh, we are going to do a series of episodes on questions and answers, uh, mainly because of the fact that they've been uh, very popular based on uh, views and just feedback that we've received from other episodes that we've done. And I'm joined here by a couple of my associates. I've got Kyle Ryan to my immediate right, who is also a certified financial planner, and I also have another one of my associates, Ryan Keefe, all the way to the other end. And so what we're gonna do today is, um, this is the first of several episodes where what we did is we gathered uh, commonly asked questions, uh, either by our clients or being pulled down off the internet, what have you. So what we're gonna do on this episode, as well as all of the subsequent episodes, is we're gonna show uh, the question up on the screen for just a few moments and basically do a panel discussion in answering the question. So, uh, guys, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah, and sure. I say, hey, let's ready to go. Uh, yeah. Let's fire away at the first question. Jump right in. What is meant by financial planning? Well, okay, that's a very broad one, and I know this one. Uh, I had a sneak preview towards uh, what this question was going to be. Um, you know, we come across this all the time. What is financial yeah. planning, it's right? A, it's a yeah. good first question. I mean, the show's called Financial Planning Explained. Imagine that. <laughs> hey, how about that? Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, one of the things I think we all notice is that um, people think that the only you need to have lots and lots of money in order to right. use a financial advisor or need a financial advisor or do financial planning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've always been a proponent. It's almost like a doctor. You know, it's it's it really helps to be able to have financial planning at least point you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And particularly if you don't have money because of the fact that this will help guide you in the right direction to put you into a better situation. Right. I know a lot of times we've had clients come in that have been, you know, quote, embarrassed by their financials. Uh, and, and it's like, hey, leave that at the door. You know, this, exactly. is, this is where we set you on the path to get things where you're not embarrassed. Well, and similarly, they say, well, you know, I feel like it's been too late. You know, I mm -hmm. should have done this a long time ago. Well, better now than never. That's right. Yeah. You don't you know, plan to fail, you fail to plan. That is correct. Mm -hmm. So, if you really look at financial planning, and, and this is basically all the different areas as it approaches, um, you know, when you're taking the CFP exam, is the six areas of financial planning are cash management, mm -hmm. tax planning, uh, risk management, which is also insurance planning, mm -hmm. um, investment planning, retirement planning, and estate planning. And you know, if you think about it, cash management is today, and estate planning is the end. Mm -hmm. So, let's talk about each one. Yeah. Cash yeah. management. Mm -hmm. Well, what's cash management? Mm -hmm. It's basically taking a look and, you know, by the book, cash management is how much do you make, mm -hmm. how much do you spend, and hopefully you make more than you spend. <laughs> That's by the book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we approach it differently. You know, we like to look at um, clients' assets and debts, mm -hmm. and we focus more attention on debt, surprisingly enough, than assets. Yep. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, you can dramatically improve your financial situation by cleaning up your debt. 
Mm-hmm. Now, it's the fastest way to do it. <laughs> absolutely. And so it, it, it's remarkable how many times we come across people who have home equity lines of credit, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think is one of the best financial planning tools available to you as long as the first two words are woo <laughs> <laughs> look at all this extra money I can spend. But, yeah. you know, we just came across it yesterday where, you know, now with the rising interest rates, you know, home equity lines of credit, as you know, are a variable interest rate. Every time the Fed raises rates immediately, the rates on a home equity line of credit go up mm-hmm. correspondingly. And, you know, now the, the, the prime is 7%. Mm-hmm. The interest rates on savings accounts have not gone up correspondingly. No. And not back good. in 2021, before all of the um, r- rate hikes by the Fed, it was three mm-hmm. or three and a quarter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was pretty cheap money. Mm-hmm. Right. But now we come across clients, and, and you do too, I'm sure, that they have a whole bunch of money in their savings account or checking account because it makes them feel good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they got this giant home equity line of credit or balance under line of credit. So literally just yesterday I had one where they had 60, 000, actually had $70,000 in their checking and savings mm-hmm. and $110,000 on their line of credit. Mm-hmm. I'm like... Earning yeah. two to cost you seven. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Earning two, it wasn't even earning yeah. one. It was less than <laughs> less one. one. Yeah. So we just did a quick calculation. I'm like, all right, let's just say you are earning one. Or a half percent, actually they're earning a half percent. Half percent of 60 grand is 300 bucks a year. Yeah. And then they have to pay taxes on it, all right, you know, a little bit. <laughs> so you have to pay tax on it. They're earning yeah. like 250 bucks. Yeah. Meanwhile, that same 60,000 at 7% is costing them $4,200 a year. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Oh. And, so, good. Uh, and the same can be said of people with high balances on their credit cards. Oh. Even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So just in the feel, you know, the feel good, I mean, the reality of it is you got to understand and make sure that if you do have a line of credit, can you access the money? Mm-hmm. And the answer is almost always yes, except if you're one who's brought it to the top, not making payments, the bank wants their money back, but that's sort of the rare occasion. Mm-hmm. But just by them moving 60000 from their savings account which is earning squat they're saving just an interest 350 bucks a month that is not a small number no yeah so that's that's what i think is really cool about you know what we do too is it's not just by the book financial planning this is right this is wrong it's you have to take the emotional component absolutely because you tell someone hey you have seventy thousand dollars in your savings why don't you take all of that and apply it to your home equity line of credit I have zero dollars. People can't, you know, people want to feel safe when they have money. So you have to really, you know, you have to, you have to balance your clients' it is. comfort levels here too. It is. And it's this tough. applies to everything, not just cash management. Oh, absolutely. And that's one thing about financial planning that uh, you got to be able to put your head on your pillow at night. Yeah. Right. And, you know, particularly in this case where we're, we're pushing money from the savings, it, it, and he was explaining that his wife is like going to be feeling really uncomfortable about this. Mm-hmm. But, it's just recognizing and understanding that if you had an emergency and you needed the money, you could always move it right back again from the line of credit. Yep. Right. And so to your point also is if people had 
credit card debt. And how many times do we run into that? They have credit card debt. So what we've done is if they own a home, we enable them to or suggest that they take out a home equity line of credit, use that as an emergency reserve, mm -hmm. and then take some of that excess money that they have in savings and pay down the debt. It's a little bit of a shell game, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, they still have their emergency reserve. Mm -hmm. right. It's just, instead of it being in the form of savings, it's in the form of access to money. Yeah, And, and it's, it's amazing what I've seen over the years, I'm sure you guys have too, is people will be very cautious about where their checking and savings goes. Oh, it's got to get into the money market account because that makes an extra 0.025%. <laughs> but they're not too cautious about adding to the credit card that's charging them 18% or know. more. I know. So it's, it's an interesting... Uh, way of seeing things. Yeah. Oh, and I like the um, high yield money markets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woohoo! They are half a percent. Oh my goodness! Like uh, not even a year ago, the high yield money markets were like point one. Yeah. Like that is actually yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. But you know, a lot of people also don't understand how the credit card system works. Mm -hmm. And if they're carrying a balance from month to month, what ends up happening is that they pay interest daily mm -hmm. for the entire month of whatever the balance is. Mm -hmm. And you know, even if you mess up and are late on making a payment, or don't have the money to pay it off entirely, mm. if you pay it off even two or three days after the end of the month or the beginning of the billing period, what you're at least going to do is save all those days worth of interest mm -hmm. during the course of the month. 18% is not a small number. Mm. That's one and a half percent per month. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. what people don't realize is how much money is going out the door. And you know, the other thing too that we did a lot of, as you guys know from the cash management perspective is you know, looking at people's balance sheets, you look at their assets, you look at their debts, and what we were able to do a lot of, again last year before the interest rates rose, is we had them refinancing debt. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know, taking their existing mortgage, refinancing it from what might have been 5% because they took their mortgage out 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. They could get a 5% mortgage, drop it to three, mm -hmm. and actually trim down. You know, they might have had 12 or 13 years left on their mortgage. Trim it down to three, yeah. reduce their payment, reduce the amount of time that they're having to pay it off. It, yeah. They're in line. Reduce your minimum payment, keep it where you're at, and get that thing off your book sooner. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. So all of the above works. and. That's why, again, it, it, it comes down to understanding the cash management, we take it to a, a, the next level of understanding how we can maximize efficiency just by looking at someone's balance sheet, their debts and their assets, and, and fixing it. Fixing debt mm -hmm. can save hundreds of dollars a month that can either be used to plow back into paying down debt yep. or plowing back into some of their own goals and objectives. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really getting them organized, and yeah. especially on the debt side, as you pointed earlier. Well, and then it's not just organized. You know, uh, one of our mantras is, you know. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is powerful. Mm -hmm. Education yeah. and knowledge are powerful. And, and a lot of people just don't know. Yeah. They, yeah. they just don't know. And there's nothing wrong with not knowing. Mm -hmm. You teach them, and all of a sudden, 
they're like, wow, okay, this is a whole lot better. This makes sense. You know, it's, it's an enlightenment. Wow, I'm saving 350 bucks a month just in interest, just simply by moving money from this account to this account yeah. and yeah. not losing access. It's a beautiful thing. And mm -hmm. that's why I like it being, you know, the first area of um, financial planning that we cover because it's, Financial planning is a long-term process. You might not see the impact of what you do today, but it will have a good impact on you later. This is something that is immediately creates efficiency. In your, correct, in your yep. absolutely, mm -hmm. which then helps into the other areas, yep. which is absolutely correct. Absolutely. So, uh, and, and I like that you just said that financial planning is a process, not an event. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know, I try to instill that on a lot of people who come in and want to talk to us. Hey, can you do a financial plan for us? I'm like, well, yeah, we certainly can. In fact, we encourage it. But the financial plan is a snapshot in time. Right. It, it's it and really it's it's a long term process. Mm -hmm. yes, so absolutely. anyway, cash management that was a simple one. And we spent five <laughs> minutes on cash management. How about that? All right. So the next area is tax planning, and you know I need to preface that for all of the regulators out there. We do not do taxes. We don't want to do taxes, and we do not profess that we are tax experts. Uh, we leave that up to the accountants. You know, the, the accountants, the CPAs, personally, I believe that the CPA is worth his weight in gold. Of course. Um, you know, I, I've always known a lot about taxes, tax strategies, tax planning, but I also know that the CPA knows a whole lot more than we do about taxes. Yep. So what we try to do is, the, the beauty of it is that us and the CPAs look at it from different lenses mm -hmm. in that the CPAs, again, they know way more about tax. They, they've forgotten more than what we know, okay? <laughs> yeah. But they have to know all this. What we know is that small wedge yes. mm -hmm. of the taxes that are directly applicable to financial planning. On a Whether, personal level. That is correct, yeah, yeah. correct. Whether it's the whole concept of, you know, is my home equity line of credit tax deductible? That certainly has changed since the 2018 mortgages, taxes. Mortgages. It's remarkable how many people think that their mortgages are tax deductible. Yeah. Now, mind you, in theory, they're tax deductible, but if they don't exceed their standard deduction, in practice, mm. they're not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna pick up on the tax planning piece in just a few moments, but right now we're going to break, and please stay tuned. We'll be back with you in just a few moments. Have you saved enough for retirement? Are you financially prepared for an emergency or unexpected event? Have you thought about your financial future? Hi, I'm Mike Manager, founder of Manager & Associates Financial Planning. For over 20 years, we have been answering our clients' questions just like these as we develop unique and comprehensive financial plans tailored to meet their needs. When addressing your financial plan, we incorporate your entire financial picture, including taxes, estate planning, as well as investment planning and retirement planning. So call us today for a complimentary no-obligation consultation. A unique approach to financial planning. Welcome back to Financial Plan and Explained. I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner, and I am with my guests who are associates of mine, uh, Kyle Ryan, also a Certified Financial Planner, and Ryan Keefe, uh, all the way to my right. And it's remarkable, 
were asked one question, what is financial planning? There are six areas of financial planning, and we just got started on the second one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're talking about tax planning, and, and to sort of summarize what we talked about is the accountants know way more than we do, okay, about taxes, but you know, it's our little wedge that we utilize uh, for the purpose of tax planning in tax planning strategies and the consulting because that's the piece that applies towards the longer term. Uh, not to take away from accountants potentially doing longer term planning, but they're focused a little bit more on last year and this year, whereas we're looking at this year and in the future typically as it pertains to retirement planning, what are their tax brackets today and what will their tax brackets be when we anticipate retirement. And right. boy, do we do that. Like, that's such an integral part of our business practice. In fact, you take a look at the six areas of financial planning and what we didn't specify in the beginning is how they're all integrated. Yes. You know, and so um, I always tell people you don't want to get between these ears because it's like all kinds of stuff going on. But anyway, um, of all of them that's most integrated is the tax component. Yes. Because mm -hmm. the tax component comes into play with your cash management as we were talking about. Mm -hmm. The tax component comes into play with the risk management, mm -hmm. maybe not as much, but certainly the investments, yeah. certainly the retirement, and certainly the estate planning. So now that actually kind of just lays it out. So you know, the tax planning, one of the things that we do as it pertains to that is particularly for retirement planning, mm -hmm. is people are contributing to their 401ks. Mm -hmm. And we had an entire episode on Roth versus traditional. Yep. And it all comes down to what is their long-term expectation of the future tax laws. And yeah. you know, right now we're talking about um, at the end of 2025, mm -hmm. they're reverting the tax laws back to where they were under the Bush administration between 2001 and 2017, mm -hmm. which is higher that than is, what they've yeah. been since 2018. In fact, you know, the reference we like to make is the IRS is on sale, okay? Mm -hmm. And let's take advantage of the IRS yeah. being on sale. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and one thing I always like that you've always said is, you know, it's, it's not something you do um, come April when you file your taxes. It's something that you're doing all throughout the year in every, you know, a lot of the decisions you make impact your taxes. So it's something that you right. constantly have to be aware of. Well, and the practicality of the matter is come April 15th, it's too late. Yeah. yeah. You know, most of the tax planning has to be done in the prior year. In fact, you know, that's our Q4. Yeah. Yeah. Our Q4 is year-end, not just tax planning, but year-end planning. And, you know, obviously taxes take a, a, a large component mm -hmm. of the year-end planning that we do. Um, and just, you know, the tax planning comes as part of everything, even the investments. Yeah. And, and as you always say, it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. Correct. And if you're, you know, it's such a, it seems so minuscule to some people just starting their new job. Hey, do you want to contribute to the 401k or the Roth 401k? How much do you want to contribute? And those little questions and answers that you submit could have a profound impact on your retirement plan. Down the pike. Yeah. Yep. Down the pike. And you know, it's funny you say that is uh, for those people who have pensions, mm -hmm. generally speaking, the pensions are subsequently going to drive the taxation of mm -hmm. their social security such that the IRA money that they're making contributions to, or at least the, the 401k, which turns into an IRA mm -hmm. 
if they do a pre-tax, it's creating a bigger problem on the back end. Yep. Right. So that's interesting. The whole tax planning component and the, the strategies that we develop, again, are so integrated in every facet of what we do. And again, we don't do taxes. I don't want to do taxes. I have no interest in doing taxes. But the planning is so important yep. to and, everything we do. And that's why a lot of times when clients ask us a question, it usually it depends is the answer. Right. And why is it always it depends? Because a lot of times it's dependent on the taxes. The, the it's tax dependent impact. on your tax impact. That's correct. So. That's correct. So chances are we're going to talk about it so we can spend hours just talking about the tax planning <laughs> component. So <laughs> what we'll do is we'll talk about the risk management. Risk management is basically the insurance planning. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you understand insurance, it's all insurances operate the same way. It's based upon um, you pay a little bit to protect yourself from a major financial disaster. Homeowners insurance, automobile, automobile life, automobile insurance, life insurance, disability insurance, uh, medical insurance, uh, liability insurance, long-term care insurance—they all work the same way. And the idea again is that the more likely something is it potentially happened, the, the more you're gonna pay. Yep. Right. But it is very important to be adequately insured mm -hmm. because you know I use the example, if your house burned down and you didn't have homeowner's insurance, mm -hmm. for most people, that is going to be a catastrophic event. Absolutely. And yep. who doesn't have homeowner's insurance? The, the banks right? require. <laughs> well, the banks require it if you have a mortgage. That's true. Okay, yep. because you bet they're protecting their asset. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Okay, you don't have automobile insurance and you wrap your car around a tree, guess what? Mm -hmm. You're not getting any money for that car. Yeah. So, you know, those are the, some of the more simple ones. But, you know, life insurance, and, it, and this, this really deserves its own episode. And, mm -hmm. and I think each time I keep saying I'm going to do an episode on just the life insurance, how much? Because people say, how much is enough? Yeah. What type of insurance? How long should I have insurance for? Yeah. And so that's going to be an episode of its own. And disability insurance. You know, disability insurance is usually offered through their employer. Yeah. Right. I, and, oh, go ahead. Uh, and you, you, when it comes to insurance, you know, one of the things I always tell people to keep in mind is, you know, nobody likes to pay for insurance. No. But I would rather pay for a little bit of insurance now when I a can get it, then down the pike when I can no longer get it, and I likely am going to need it. Right. Um, so that's why it's always better to be prepared and be adequately adequately insured. Right. Well, you know what? No one has ever said when they've needed the insurance. I'm overinsured. <laughs> you know. Oh shoot! I got, I got more than much. I right. I got too much from the insurance company. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, anyways, that's the insurance piece. You're gonna say something. The last thing I was gonna say is that it's another one of those interesting things that your needs for insurance change over your lifetime. That is also right? correct. You have children and you have jobs. Happens to you, whether it's disability, premature death, you know, and you know, in your 70s, do you need as much life insurance as you did when you had kids early on and you had more debt? Right. Absolutely. Well point, mm -hmm. well point. Absolutely, to, to Kyle's point is, you really need to evaluate the purpose of the insurance, do you need it, and how much do you really need? Mm -hmm. And you know, if you look at the life insurance, the life insurance really is designed predominantly to pay for your loss of income mm -hmm. to replace it. 
Yeah. Yeah. There are other. Well, there are insurances that are meant for legacy building. But That's correct. Yeah, they all have their purpose. And, and estate planning. Yeah. Okay. Insurance is used for estate planning. Yeah. But again, it all comes down to, um, yeah, we're not insurance salesmen. Yeah. But mm -hmm. insurance is an extremely important component of your overall financial plan. So now, mm -hmm. investment planning. Mm -hmm. You know, what's investment planning? It's, well, if you think about it, it's what are your goals and objectives? Okay. And if you want a high rate of return, I'll tell you what, that's the law of compound, compound interest. Mm -hmm. You're going to be way ahead of the, the curve over time. Mm -hmm. However, if you don't want to take any risk whatsoever, that's fine too. You're just mm -hmm. not going to make very much. Right. Most people are somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. But you know, the single largest component of risk that's applied to investment planning is what is their time horizon. Mm -hmm. And the time horizon defines how much risk they should take. So for instance, if someone needs the money in six months or a year, gosh darn it, they shouldn't be taking risk. Oh, yeah. You know, you put $10,000 into an investment that you need in six months or a year, and we have one of those events where the, the, the markets drop, and you only got six or $7,000 left, that's silly. Mm -hmm. Silly is a nice word I'm using, okay? <laughs> so, um, um, so just understanding that, and, and then the tax component. Right. Yes. Don't underestimate the tax and, component. And it's, it's remarkable how uh, little people understand their risk tolerance, but it's pretty easy to ascertain someone's risk. When it's like, well, how'd you feel in March of 2020 when the accounts went down 35%? Right. Or how did you feel this year? Right. Um, seeing the 60-40 have one of the worst performing years ever. Uh, yeah, um, since 1926, actually. Yeah, so it's important to understand that. And if you're not sure exactly how you're invested you should maybe go to a financial professional who can explain it and show you, hey, you're, you know, you're allocated to this target retirement 2040 fund, but in reality, this is like 80% equities and 20% bonds. You're probably more- More aggressive than you think. Yeah. Right, or, or at least than you wanted to then be, and it's funny. Be, yeah. So it, it, to your point is it's amazing when the markets are doing well, how risky a client is. <laughs> and it's amazing when the, when the accounts are going down, like, I don't want to take this risk. So, hey, right, exactly. And, and that's the worst time to do yes, it. Yeah. So, uh, we didn't even make it through the first question. <laughs> so, we're going to have to pick this up. And it's actually really good, though. We're going to have to mm. pick this up uh, on our next episode of Financial Plan and Explain. What we were able to do today is discuss the first four areas of financial planning and uh, be able to utilize that. Uh, discuss it, some of the topics, et cetera, et cetera. So the next episode, we're going to pick up where we left off and discuss uh, retirement planning and estate planning. So thank you for joining in. I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. And thank you again. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Menninger, Certified Financial Planner. Thank you for tuning in. You have a wonderful day.